0: This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanx.org. So um, I've been married um, for about 14 years to a very, very handsome German man. I, um, I met him in Australia, and um, we got married here in Burnley, actually. Um, we just celebrated our fourteenth wedding anniversary um, in january and um, and um we 're good these days, but um do you know how it is when you first get married and um, It can be a little bit tricky, and you 've got to figure out who does what, for example, I remember when we got back to Australia, and um, what I used to do was the bin would be full. I would tie it up and I would leave it next to the bin. And I wondered after the first week, when is he going to take the rubbish bin out? Because in my house, my dad takes the rubbish out. Is that still true, Dad? Still true. He also does the dishwasher these days. He's an expert in the dishwasher. But um, I was like, when is he going to take the rubbish bin out? Because this is like what the guys do. And he's like, is it? How do you know this is what the guys do? And I'm like, well, this is how it was in my house or our first ever Christmas dinner. Our first ever Christmas dinner, Christmas dinner in my house is a big deal. You know, we start with canapes and champagne, and then we've got the, the turkey with the stuffing and all the vegetables, and of course, two desserts, because um, two desserts at Christmas is very important. And um, who knows, for a, a, a young wife, the first year of marriage, Christmas dinner can be really, really challenging. And um, I may or may not have gotten a little bit violent with um, a sack of potatoes. And my husband had to go for a brisk, snowy walk to calm down so that we could enjoy a really terrible Christmas dinner. But um, these days it works phenomenally because he knows what his job is and I know what my job is. He knows he basically just does whatever I say when it comes to Christmas dinner and, and I'm just getting it all sorted. And so Christmas dinner is harmonious. And I tell you that story because it's actually really helpful in life if you can figure out what's my role in this and what's God's role. Because there is a tension when it comes to our relationship with God. You know, there, there is this tension of, okay, God, like you are God and Lord over all, but here I am and I've got to live this out. So what's your role and what's my role? And um, Jesus had this favorite metaphor that he used in the Gospels when he talked about who he is and what his role is and who we are and what our role is. And that metaphor is of him being the shepherd and we being the sheep. And it's an incredibly powerful metaphor that can actually, if you study the shepherd and the sheep, we can really figure out what is his role, what is our role. And I really believe that that's key to us being happy sheep. Don't you think as Christians we should be happy sheep? I brought some pictures to just inspire you this morning. So if we can just see this first picture... Don't you think that is God's desire for you? Just to go through life with that kind of look on your face. Look at him. He just gets out of bed and he's just cute without even trying. What about the next one? Yes. This is how Jeff came to church today. He's just a happy sheep. And people are having visual images of that. Much better than this one. This is not the call of God for our lives. Oh, what about the depressed sheep? No, that is not what God has got for us. And I really believe that as we look at Psalm 23 this morning, we're going to focus on one verse. We're going to actually unpack, hey, what is his role? What is our role? Because too many of us are walking around frustrated. Too many of us are walking around with answers that we're like, what's going on here? And all it is, is it's a role switch. And we just need to figure out what it, what's his work and what's our work. And we're going to be happy sheep. Does that sound like a good plan? So let's have a look at Psalm 23. And I'll read from verse 1, but we're going to focus on verse 2 and 3. And it says this, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. Let me read that again. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Let me start by asking you a question. Who is the active one in the scripture? Is it him Is it me? Is it him and me? Who is the active one? What's his part? What's my part? And as Christians, we're in this relationship and we often find ourselves in this struggle trying to figure out who does what. But I believe that there's an answer. There is an answer to this question in the Scriptures. And I believe that as we look at this this morning... I'm really believing for a spirit of revelation to be in this place and that frustration for some of you will be a thing of the past in Jesus' name and that we will actually live in the peace of God that he has decided is our portion and that um, we're going to walk out of here fully provided for, fully in the will of God, just ready to be a sheep in the care of the shepherd. So um, can I give you a title to be working with? The title And it won't make sense at the beginning, but it will at the end. The title is this, My Being, His Doing, My Being. You can write that down, My Being, His Doing, My Being. In a study of Psalm 23, I read quite a few books. I read some fictional books. I read some novels. I read some um, shepherding books. And I read some commentaries. And I found out through this study that sheep can only lie down, as described in this psalm, if they're free of four things. Sheep can only lie down if they're free free, free of fear if they're free of friction or strife with other sheep, if they're free of pests or parasites, and if they're free of hunger. And here's the thing. Only the shepherd can free the sheep of those four things. So in other words, it's impossible for a sheep to rest without the care of the shepherd. We started by asking, who's the active one in the scripture? Well, obviously there are some things that only the shepherd can do. And some of you are going to need to hear these points this morning because you've been struggling where you should not be struggling because there are only some things the shepherd can do. Number one, only the shepherd can free you from fear. Only the shepherd can free you from fear. Sheep are incredibly fearful creatures. They are some of the most fearful creatures on the planet. In short, sheep are afraid of the unknown. They're not just afraid of dogs and predators. Sheep have been known to run away because the sun suddenly comes out from behind a cloud and oh my gosh, there's a shadow and the sheep run. It's ridiculous. Or suddenly a rabbit will appear out of a hole. And a whole flock of sheep can be sent running because a rabbit has appeared. And in the running, like ewes who are pregnant lose their sheep. In the running, sheep get lost and can't find their way. In the running, sheep run off cliffs and die. In the running, they fall in holes and get stuck. In the running, they roll over onto their side and they die because they can't digest. And in the running, sheep get injured and get lost and all of that incredible potential within that sheep gets lost because here's the thing, sheep are not designed to run. Did you hear that? sheep are not designed to run. And I see so many people when a bad report comes or when something unexpected comes into the field, we panic and we're dramatic and we flap about and we talk and we get all crazy, but sheep are not designed to run. Here's what Philip Keller, a shepherd, but also a theologian said. He says, I came to realize that nothing so quietened and reassured the sheep as to see me in the field. The presence of their owner and master and protector put them at ease as nothing else would. And this applied day or night. You know what, church? I don't know what has come into your field unexpected. I don't know what report you've received What financial situation has just suddenly come up? What relational thing you are having to navigate that you never thought you would have to navigate and it has come into your field and you are fearful and everything in you wants to run. But the same principle that applies to these sheep applies to you if your shepherd is in the field. You can experience a peace that goes beyond all understanding, but you've got to fix your eyes on the shepherd in your field. When you don't know what to do, he knows what to do. You fix your eyes on Jesus. He is there and he will fight the enemy. He has the tools to come against whatever is coming to your field. He has whatever it needs for you to have the quiet that he has promised that you can have. I read something on Instagram this morning that Peace isn't the absence of crisis. Peace is the presence of Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. What does that mean? Not as the world gives do I give to you. It means it doesn't depend on circumstances. See, the world can be at peace when everything's going okay. But as Christians, we can be at peace no matter what. He's like, I don't give it to you as the world gives it to you. So let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Your shepherd is in your field. He is with you now. And he waits for you in your future. It's not ma- no matter what comes tomorrow, he's there. No matter what comes to you in five years, he's there. Your shepherd is in your field. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 says, For, the, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I want to say to you this morning that that is your portion. If you remember that the shepherd is in your field and you have your eyes on him and everything will come against you to try and get your eyes off him, but that's where you come in, that's where you need to just keep your eyes on him and you can have that peace. The shepherd can free you from fear. Number two, only the shepherd can free you from friction. Only the shepherd can free you from friction right, I don't have a lot of time to talk about this one this morning, but let me just say this. In sheep terms, there's something called the butting order. It's like this time of year where the sheep, they they butt heads with each other and they fight and they figure out who's the top sheep here. And I feel like so many of us, we want to know who's the top sheep here. And that's why we when we meet someone, we ask questions like, hey, what do you do? Am I above you? Am I below you? And we have like situations where at work someone gets promoted and you're like, that's awesome. Well done, mate. What about me? Or you see someone, you know, um, in the choir, and someone from the choir gets promoted to backing vocalist, and you're like, well done. What about me? I worship in private. Like, God, you know, I'm meant to do this. Or we look out the window and we see our neighbor's car and we're like, they must be dealing drugs. (laughs) It's like, there's so much friction going on and we want to figure out like, where are we in this category of life. Where do we stand? But I want to say this, you know, that there is no rest and no peace for someone who is consumed with this stuff. And it's so unnecessary. This need for affirmation, this need to, to be known as successful, to be known as doing well in life. It's so unnecessary. I love the Apostle Paul. I mean, how amazing was the Apostle Paul? He said crazy things like, I don't care what you think about me. I don't even care what I think about me. I only care what God thinks about me. What a freeing way to live. Or he said things like this. He said, like, "I I am Paul, simply a servant of God. How would it be if you were just able to tackle life going, I am John, simply a servant of God. I am Susie, simply a servant of God. And what a freeing way to live and what a peaceful way to live. God will get us where we need to be. We need to understand we have a shepherd and there is no need for this hustle and bustle and comparison because we have a shepherd who will get us where we need to be. Amen. We just need a revelation of the fact that the shepherd is in charge. Tell your neighbor, the shepherd is in charge. The shepherd is in charge. We need to get rid of that stuff. Number three, only the shepherd can free you from torment only the shepherd can free you from torment. Okay, you're going to need to use your imagination now cuz you're going to imagine a warm sunny day. And you've had a barbecue with your friends and your family. And you know, you're laying down in your bed at night and and you turn off the lights and all of a the sudden there's this noise. Do you have mosquitoes in Burnley? Okay, we have the biggest mosquitoes where I live ever. They're, they're ridiculous. They're terrible. So you lay down in bed at night and you're ready just to have this amazing night's sleep after a perfect summer day and then you hear this noise, you jump out of bed and you turn the lights on and in my bedroom, we've got white walls. So you're searching for this disgusting moving black dot and you've got your favorite magazine or your flip flop and you've got to kill that thing in Jesus name. Because if you don't, you know, you're going to wake up with big itchy red blobs and it's terrible and, and torment often comes in small irritating portions and sheep are helpless when it comes to getting rid of parasites and pests. And in the summer, the sheep, they, they live outdoors and, and parasites come and they lay their eggs in the nose and the ears of sheep. And then when those eggs hatch, they crabble up into the brain and they start eating the brain. And I know it's disgusting. Don't think about that at lunch. But these sheep are so irritated and in pain that they would bang their heads against a stone. And sheep have been known to kill themselves by banging their heads against, against wood and stone, just irritated by this gnawing at the brain. And for us, it's in our minds where these parasite thoughts lay eggs and hatch and torment us. And they cause havoc. Havoc. But the shepherd has the medicine needed to heal us and to get rid of these parasite thoughts, these thoughts of I'm not good enough, these thoughts of I'm not pretty enough, these thoughts of I'm not educated enough, these thoughts of no one's going to use me, these thoughts of, oh, that person didn't say hello to me this morning, like they must think something terrible or whatever it is, whatever the ridiculous small little things that the enemy uses to torment our brains. In the olden days, the shepherd would take a mixture of tar and oil and he would paint the the head of the sheep to stop those things coming at all. These days, a sheep has to be dunked Totally under this medicine, and it stops these parasites being able to be laid and, and hatched. And the medicine of God is, is the Word of God, it is worship and is prayer. And we need to allow the shepherd to apply those things. The Word of God, God's treatment is the Word. In John 8, verse 32, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, we've got to apply the medicine of the Word of God to our thinking. You know, if you're struggling with an addiction, if you're struggling with pornography, for example, you better study the righteousness of God, because if you study the righteousness of God and you understand who you are in Him, that medicine is going to set you free. If you're struggling with unforgiveness in your life, you better study forgiveness in the Word, apply it every day, dig deep into it, because as God gives you revelation, you're going to get free in Jesus' name. You've got to study the Word and apply the medicine. God's treatment is worship. It's worship. Psalm 34, verse 3 to 4, I love this. It says, come, come. And we better never grow tired of coming, coming together. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt His name together. I prayed to the Lord and He answered me and He freed me from all my fears. You know, when we worshiped this morning, we weren't just singing empty words. We were singing and declaring the praise of God. We were magnifying him. We were magnifying our shepherd who is in our field. And when we magnify him, everything else gets smaller and it gets put into place. And when we worship him, the Bible says he comes and he lives in our praises. And you can read in the Bible how in warfare, the worshipers were sent out to the front. And as we sing and as we worship, the Lord Jesus Christ, he does battle on our behalf. And sometimes it's good to use our imagination, church. Sometimes it's good to use our imagination. We use our imagination for so many bad things. But why not when we sing? why not we we pause and we wonder, wow, what is going into the atmosphere as we sing what a beautiful name it is? Death could not hold him. The veil tore before him. You have no rival. You have no equal. What is happening in the spiritual realm, in the unseen realm, where our worship enters from this world to the next and does warfare on our behalf? Amen. we've got to apply the medicine of worship. And God's treatment is prayer. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7 says, Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. Then because you love Christ Jesus, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. You know, I just decided not to talk about things that I'm not willing to pray about. You know, this year, Freyma and I, our year started Horribly. We actually had some really, really hard things to maneuver and to navigate in our personal life and in our church life. And we had so many opportunities to let parasite thoughts hatch and lay eggs in our mind and have thoughts about people, have thoughts about ministry, have thoughts about investing and trusting people. But we we just decided, okay, we we actually do need to talk about this with some people because we need to put things right and we actually need to process but we decided we are not going to talk about it without praying about it because prayer changes things. And I want to encourage you. So many of us were so good at talking, and I wonder if we would pray as much as we talk, we actually might see some things change in Jesus' name. You can't get rid of parasite thoughts on your own. You have to allow the shepherd to apply the medicine of the word the medicine of worship and the medicine of prayer. Amen. Number four, only the shepherd can free you from hunger. Only the shepherd can free you from hunger. A herd of sheep who are hungry, they're not going to be able to lie down. I mean, who knows? It's hard to go to sleep with a hungry stomach. Well, I went to Israel last November and I was studying this at the time. And I was so excited to see Israeli shepherds and sheep and the green pastures and the still waters. And I was so disappointed because, to be honest, there was no green pastures. It was all brown. And the sheep didn't look very happy. And so I was there and I was doing research and I found out actually green pastures in Israel are only possible through the diligence of the shepherd. Shepherd can only eat what they are given to eat. So the fact that there are green pastures in David's psalm means that he was a diligent shepherd. And this is what I find fascinating when it comes to us that our shepherd is inviting us to lie down in his finished work. Max Lucado says something amazing in one of his books. He says, when David said, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he is saying, my shepherd makes me lie down in his finished work. With his own pierced hands, Jesus created a pasture for the soul. He tore out the thorny underbush of condemnation. He pried loose the huge boulders of sin. And in their place, he planted seeds of grace and dug ponds of mercy. And he invites us to rest there. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. Can you imagine the satisfaction in the heart of the shepherd when with work completed, he sees his sheep rest in the tender grass? Can you imagine the satisfaction in the heart of God when we do the same? His pasture is his gift to us. This is not a pasture that you have made, nor is it, it is a pasture that you deserve. It is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. It is a gift of God that is available for everyone. And yet, humanity is starving. It is starving for love. It is starving for significance. Humanity is starving for affection. Humanity is starving for mercy. It is starving for rest and this peace that goes beyond all understanding. And it is all available in God's finished work. You know, so many of us, we look for significance and we have this empty space within us. And all we need to do is go to the shepherd. He has done everything to fill you up. You know, I gave my life to Jesus really when I was 20 years old. And and honestly, from the outside, I guess you could think I was, you know, I was doing all right. But I had a need on the inside that only Jesus could fill. You know, we have this incredible ability to point people to this shepherd. And I want to encourage you to bring them to this place. Bring them to the house of God because I tell you, they will experience the presence of God. And they will experience this love that that everyone is longing for. And people can kid themselves for only so long that the world can fill them up because we're designed with eternity in our hearts. And only Jesus can fulfill this eternal desire to be with him forever. So as sheep, we've got to let the shepherd do the work. Only he can free us from fear. Only he can free us from friction. Only he can free us from pests. Only he can free us from hunger. He Makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Hallelujah. How good is that? He frees us from fear. He frees us from friction. He heals us from parasites. He frees us from hunger. But remember, I gave you a title at the beginning that was My Being, His Doing, My Being. And so far, we've talked about. His doing, his doing of the work that only he can do so that we can be. We can be at rest. We can be in these green pastures. We can be beside these still waters. We can be in peace and in fear. But what about this first my being? What's that? What's that first my being which leads to his doing, which leads to my being? Well, you're going to love it. You're going to love it, and I probably need the worship team to come and help me because you're going to love it that much. So if the team can come, what's that first my being? It's my being obedient. My being obedient is a very important part of being a sheep. And without it, we cannot experience the goodness of God in all of his fullness. You know, when I studied this second verse of Psalm 23, I, I I was reading it and this this word jumped out at me. He makes me lie down. He makes me lie down. What is that? What is that? He makes me. And I, as I read it over and over, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me. I remembered I've read scriptures before it talked about he, he makes me. See, in... In Psalm 23, David first proclaims that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He's basically making a declaration that my shepherd is the Lord. You see, everyone has a shepherd. Everyone follows something. But David says... My shepherd is the Lord, which meant that God could say, I make you lie down in green pastures. I will make you lie down in green pastures is preceded by David choosing to be obedient to make him the Lord. Let me give you some more examples so you can see what I, what I mean in Mark 1 verse 17. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishes of men. You see, becoming fishes of men is preceded by people following Jesus. In Proverbs 3, verse 6, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. See, all of us want straight, clear paths, but straight, clear paths are preceded by obedience of acknowledging him on your way. Are you getting this? In Genesis 12 verse 2 God says I will make you a great nation I will bless you I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing but the promise of becoming a great nation was preceded by verse 1 where Abraham had to be obedient to follow God come out of a land where he knew and go into the unknown and it required obedience In Deuteronomy verse 28, verse 13, it says, And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will go up and not down, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. See, we all want God's favor. But God's favor is preceded by obedience to his commands. I will make you is preceded by obedience. It's my being obedient, leading to His doing the work that only He can do. Meaning that we end up being in green pastures, by still waters, with the refreshment that we need, with the peace that we need to live a life that's flourishing. Discover more about us at lifelangs.org, and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.